Hey everyone, it's Kaylin, your host of It's Okay Podcast. Because everything's fine, I'm fine. Still fine. (laughs) This is my third episode. I can't believe how crazy I am with creating podcasts suddenly. Um, So here we are. Uh, Hopefully this will be a really fun topic for everyone. It is an interesting one. Um, I'm not going to reveal it now, so you're going to have to wait just a little while um, to hear what this episode is going to be about. Um, Anyway, I want to say thank you to everyone who has listened so far to my first two episodes. Obviously, when starting a podcast, um, the first couple are probably going to be a little shaky. I'm still trying to figure things out, like I said. Um, and I feel like I'm getting there and we're getting there slowly, but surely. Um, so today I have a question. It's a rhetorical one, obviously, since you can't answer me anyway. Is anyone else as impulsive with their hobbies as me? Um, serious question. No joke. I'll list some, maybe not all, of my random hobbies that I have let's say hoarded um, because I've kind of lost count, but here we go. Um, I tend to invest in things so spontaneously and then I just keep adding hobbies like a hoarder would. Um, I might have a problem. I don't know. Can you be addicted to hobbies? I think I am. Anyway, one time um, when I got my first puppy, uh, I needed a strong dog leash. My dog was going to be a big dog and I was like, I want to get a really nice one. Um, I reached out to a friend who I knew used to make them and then she told me she didn't make them anymore. Um, So she sent me a YouTube link on how to make them myself. And this this is where it all began. Seriously. Uh, My reckless path of addicting hobby hoarding, I guess, if that's what we can call it. So I bought what I needed and I gave it a go. Um, months later or so, I'm guessing on the time frame because that was forever ago, um, I'm, I'm selling paracord dog leashes, collars, bracelets. I'm doing craft shows. I'm selling them on my Etsy shop. Um, there was a Mackinac Island shop owner who reached out and and wanted some so I made some for her um not sure how it all happened it was kind of crazy uh then one day I moved on it's still a hobby obviously and it's a it's a new skill unlocked in my brain um for no reason really and yeah I'll probably swing back around to it occasionally who knows anyway then I moved on to other things like macrame for a short time uh, it sounded cool, so I bought everything for that. Went outside even to hunt for the proper type of stick and made a huge giant wall hanging and some other ones, um, some smaller ones, and then even some keychains. And I made like $300 altogether, and then I set it aside to collect some dust, you know, with the rest of my hobby hoarding supplies. Um, and other unlocked skills. Anyway, 
That same Mackinac Island shop owner asked me one day if I could make some car air fresheners. And of course, I accepted without a single thought or any experience. Yeah, I'm bright. Anyway, um, days later, thanks to Amazon, I had everything I needed uh, to learn this new hobby and fill her order of over a hundred Michigan-shaped air fresheners. Yeah, uh, I made some money on that and, you know, added a lot of unneeded stress to my life. <laughs> and then I set it aside. Yep, you guessed it. Right over there on the shelf with the macrame and the paracord stuff. Uh, yeah, you probably thought I was done there. No, nope, not done. Just getting started. Um, I went and bought soap making things to make handmade soaps because I thought that would be a good idea. Um, I made some, then I hoarded the supplies. Um, I bought a Cricut and all the things you need to make shirts and decals, etc. Hoarded. Yep. Oh, um, I have book binding equipment, leather making supplies. I just started to crochet like three days ago and I'm ready to move on already. I made a couple hats, a washcloth. Um, you know, we'll see where that takes me in life. Uh, I have painting supplies and canvases. I have bracelet making things, rock tumbling equipment. My rocks are currently tumbling in the garage. I think I got like five more days. What I'll do with the shiny ass rocks? I don't know, we'll see. I have wire wrapping supplies. I even have clay making, clay sculpting tools without any clay, but I'll keep it. Why? Cause I'm a hoarder, only for craft supplies. Um, I have photography equipment, tripods, easels. I have every kind of paper and envelopes that you would need to make cards tags, invites, confetti, whatever you can think of. Guys, I'm a serial crafter and I'll never stop. I don't think I'll ever stop. I'm out of control, probably. Um, it's turning into madness, I think. So with that said, my next venture, I was considering buying some drumsticks and maybe a whole ass drum set, I don't know. I could practice, teach myself stuff. Um, the best schooling you can get with zero dollar budget is YouTube. That's how I learned all this stuff, all on my own. Um, sometimes I wonder if I should have like a crafting degree, completely like self-taught and a total waste of time. <laughs> like uh, most art degrees, just kidding. I have a real art degree, people. I don't, I really don't know what I'm doing with my life, but here I am. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking drum set, that would be cool because I could drive my neighborhood crazy, check. I could be as loud as humanly possible while burning off steam and stress from all my other self-inflicting hobby activities. <laughs> oh, thanks for listening to my crazy hellish rant. Um, I feel better now, kind of. Makes me kind of want to make something. I don't know, like this podcast. Uh, this is a good time to segue into my episode, I think. And uh, now that you know what kind of person I, I actually am, let's talk about serial killer traits. Ooh, mine might be hoarding craft supplies. I'm not a serial killer, guys, but I am a serial crafter. 
What's more insidious is the fact that I am almost completely manic and uncontrollably addicted to crafting and spilling out all my creativity. I'm even a little addicted already to podcasting. It's day three, people. I can't be stopped. Anyway, serial killer traits. What does that even mean? Have you heard the term? Um, I did. I heard about serial killer genes from Riverdale. If you're a fan, you probably already know some stuff. So we're going to get into that. Hang in there. All right. So serial killer traits. This is a topic that I find really funny, interesting. Um, It is something. So I heard about it before on TV. I've seen it talked about on like TV interviews. Um, It's, it's like a, when someone says, what's your serial killer trait? Everyone has one. It's something you do that's probably like a weird thing that you do. You might not even know that it's strange or different. You might even think that it's something that everyone does. Um, but it's, it's a thing that where if anything happens, they would look back and say, yep, I knew I should have known. I should have known she was a serial killer because of this one trait. You know, this one weird thing that the person does. Um, so, uh, let's get into this. Yeah. Uh, here is what, here are some funny examples. So, um, an article that I saw on Reddit, it asks, um, this, it says humorous people of Reddit. Uh, what is your one serial killer trait that everyone finds extremely weird? Here was a couple answers. One um, says, my friends harass me for being able to drive in pure silence, meaning no music, and I won't even realize. Um, that one was funny because I, I would say that most people probably have the radio on, at least, if not a podcast or music or just something like background noise. Um, I think like when I'm trying to unwind, there are times when I sit in silence. So I don't think that one's like the strangest one I've ever heard. Um, but let's continue. So another one was, uh, I sleep on the flat of my back with my hands on my chest like a corpse. My friend slept over once. She woke up in the middle of the night, saw me, and nearly yelled. <laughs> um, that one made me laugh because it's exactly how my mom sleeps. Um, and I've always kind of made fun of her for that. And I guess that's just how she's comfortable, but, like, as an outside person walking in and seeing someone like that, it's very, like, vampire-y. Um, like, she should be napping in a coffin. I don't know. Um, so, I was trying to, like, think, what is my serial killer trait? And I'm not sure if I have one, but I was thinking about other people in my life that maybe... You know what? So, we just went over the one where the person sleeps on their back with, you know, looking like a corpse. I have another one um, for my mom. She's probably not going to be a fan of this episode. I know she's not a serial killer, but she's got some traits, guys. <laughs> oh, I love you, mom. Sorry. Um, so this is one. She She talks all of her inner thoughts, like your inner monologue. 
I have it all day long, right? My my brain is always like talking. Some people, I guess, don't have that. That that is weird to me. Um, that should be another episode. But anyway, she talks all of her inner thoughts out loud as she goes about her day. I'm literally constantly asking her the question, "What? Like what? What did you say?" And she always responds with, um, "I wasn't talking to you." And I look around and I'm like well, then who are you talking to? And it's it happens multiple times a day. Like, she was just visiting not too long ago, and and I found myself getting frustrated because I kept thinking she was talking to me, and she was not. She was just, like, mumbling about things. I mean, things that were probably supposed to be kept in her head, but she's saying them out loud. I think that's a good example of a serial killer trait. And then I looked... Um, I, I looked online and I found a couple more where like people mentioned their serial killer traits. Here's a couple that are kind of funny. Um, uh, this one says she folds her PJs and puts them under her pillow every day. Like that might be her serial killer trait. I've never heard of someone doing that, but at the same time, I feel like that's just like a nice little, your prayer, your prepared for your your night then it's just all ready and set up for you I guess I don't know um she thought everyone did that but no not everyone does that um but I'm sure other people probably do here's another one um a guy said that his preferred pajamas are actually his skinny jeans and his belt like he includes his belt, he leaves it on, and that's how he's most comfy. He literally goes to bed wearing jeans and his belt. Maybe that's not that weird, but I just feel like that can't be that comfortable. I don't know, but he would definitely be ready if he had to, like, get up and go and leave the house. It's better than those people who sleep naked. I find that, I know that's, like, a common thing, but if you think about it, if something happens and you have to, like, run out of your house... Um, that's gonna be troubling. Anyway, um, so let's see. Oh, somebody else said that they use the two ends of the bread to make their sandwich. And they wish that there was more of just the ends. Like, you know, the butt of the bread or the heel or whatever you guys call it. Because people call it different things. Um, to make her sandwich, she uses the two ends. That's a serial killer trait. I don't know. I mean, that's what she prefers. Um, okay, so this guy called, or called, I don't know why I said called. Um, he, he said that he, instead of dipping his, like, chicken nuggets or whatever into ketchup or ranch or whatever the dressing might be, he will literally just squirt ketchup right into his mouth with the food in there instead of dipping. So maybe that's his serial killer trait or maybe he's just lazy. I don't know, but it would be weird to see that in public, I think. Not sure, but those are some funny examples of serial killer traits. Um, do you guys have serial killer traits? I wanna hear your serial killer traits, so really think about it. Mine, I guess, is hoarding craft supplies, but that's not like that weird, I don't think. I don't know. You can tell me. Um, so here are the real 
true serial killer, common serial killer traits. Um, so less of a funny, more of a real thing. Um, I'm going to read them off and then maybe I'll go into detail or maybe save that for another day because this is more fun, lighthearted type of episode. So the common serial killer traits are lack of empathy, lack of remorse, impulsivity. Oops, that's mine. I'm impulsive when it comes to crafting. Um, grandiosity, narcissism, superficial charm, manipulation, addictive personality. Oops, there's another one. I'm addicted to crafting. Um, lust for power, sensation seeking, and the McDonald triad, which at first I didn't know what that was and I had to look that up which I did. It's called the M-A-O-A -A, um, gene mutation or warrior gene. So maybe you guys have heard of the serial killer gene, which I don't know if that's totally true. It's been talked about in fictional shows like Riverdale, which I mentioned what they, they talk about it in there that like one of the girls in it has the serial killer gene um and it like runs in her family um and I read about it a little bit online it's like a scapegoat for violent actions so I don't know I guess this gene can cause a deficiency like in males that might show a risk for aggression or antisocial behavior um but I don't know if it's if it's totally true, but I guess it could be an increase in probability that or possibility that that someone who has like a violent parent could have you know violent children pass that down in their genes. I mean, it's possible or maybe it's just the fact that like psychological disorders and problems are generally genetic so that gets passed down um there's a lot to be said about that kind of stuff um and I know like there are some people out there who who might think not to have children because of like their traumatic childhood or the fact that like there's violence in the family um so I think that's an interesting topic, but we're not going to get totally into that right now. Let's get back on track. Um, here's the real uh, definition, I guess, definition, serial killer trait. Uh, anyway, this is what Google said. Um, they are able to identify certain traits common to some serial murderers, including sensation-seeking, a lack of remorse or guilt, impulsivity, the need for control, and predatory behavior. These traits and behaviors are consistent with the psychopathic personality disorder. And so, yeah, it makes you wonder about psychopaths and all that kind of stuff, which I find that topic to be endlessly entertaining as well. Um, so, with the psychopathic topic... I heard on another podcast that I listened to and it caught my attention was a story of a neuroscientist who uh, discovered that he was a psychopath within one of his research 
you know, programs he was doing where he had like brain scans showing all kinds of, um, the, the brain scans would show who was a psychopath basically. And, um, so I have like a quote from him. Um, let's see here. So it says, I got to the bottom of the stack and the stack, meaning the pictures of the brain scans, and saw this scan that was obviously pathological, he says, um, noting that it showed low activity in certain areas of the frontal and temporal lobes of the brain, um, linked to empathy, morality, and self-control. Knowing that, so here, let me back up before I continue. Um, he had this study with people who had committed murders or who were schizophrenic or who did violent acts and he was studying their brain scans and he also had his and his families and you know other people their brain scans in there as well so anyway knowing that it belonged to a member of his family um <laughs> he knew that this stack was his family's brain scans, but didn't know who in the family it was. Anyway, I'm totally butchering this story because I keep interrupting myself. Um, <laughs> he checked his lab's PET machine for an error because he was like, it can't be someone in my family that's like this. Um, but it was working perfectly fine. And then he um, decided... He he simply had to open it and see for himself who it was. Um, so when he did that, uh, he looked up the code on the computer and he was greeted by an unsettling revelation. The psychopathic brain pictured in the scan was his own. And he was surprised by this and he... But then he thought about it and he was like, hmm, maybe that explains some things about himself. So he literally was, he's a neuroscientist who researches psychopaths and didn't know he was a psychopath until he saw it right in front of him, the evidence right in front of him. So if even he didn't realize he was a psychopath, um... I'm just curious about you guys. I'm, I mean, not you, just you, but me as well. Like, well, I know I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> anyway, um, so think about it, guys. I don't know. Think about these traits. And uh, yeah, yeah, you could be. You never know. So a psychopath, um, Miriam Webster defines a psychopath as a person having an egocentric and antisocial personality marked by a lack of remorse for one's actions, an absence of empathy for others, and often criminal tendencies. Okay, we got the actual definition out of the way. Here are seven signs of a psychopath. Um, superficial charm, puffed up self-esteem, deceitfulness, shallow emotions, boredom and a need for stimulation, a history of shady conduct, 
a riddle of contradictions. It sounds like all my ex-boyfriends, just saying. Anyway, um, so signs of a psychopath. Now, I had this question in my head. Are all serial killers psychopaths? Because we hear that hand in hand all the time. Um, research has demonstrated that in those offenders who are uh, psychopathic, uh, scores vary, ranging from a high degree of psychopathy to some measure of, of psychopathy. However, not all violent offenders are psychopaths, and not all psychopaths are violent offenders. Obviously, it's not always the case, but I feel like there's a lot of them out there just doing bad things. So, you know, will you be a, a good friendly psychopath or... Like, you know, a murderous one. I guess it's up to you. You're living among us. Only you know it's you, probably. I mean, if you're sitting here listening to this and you're like, dang, that's me. Dang, that's me. Um, maybe just, you know, try to get into yoga. I don't know. Try to be a good psychopath. Anyway, moving on from psychopaths. I have some, um, here's a fun fact. Did you know you can walk past at least 36 serial killers in your lifetime? Is that something you've thought about? Because I have. I've thought about that. You know, um, you know, just thinking about walking by someone or maybe you've talked to someone who, who could have murdered someone. You don't know. You don't know. There's strangers all over. The cashier. You just don't know. Um, so probably... And it says we have. So, and it says at least, at least 36. It could be more. Um, I was talking to my sister about this topic, and she said that there was a guy that, you know, would come into her place of work that she worked at, um, and then later found out that he was guilty of killing his wife 15 pr years prior. They had, like, reopened the case and found new evidence or whatever, and, and then sentenced him, but she had actually talked to him, which that's kind of creepy. <laughs> you know, he knew all along that he had murdered his wife, and he's just, you know, going to the store, chatting it up with regular other people. They're among us, guys. Okay, um, and then my other thing I was going to mention is I remember that there was this guy who we were friends with that owned a little store near where my dad used to live at the time. And, um, you know, I remember the place being closed up for a bit and my dad was telling me the reason that the place was shut down was because the man that, you know, we, t we chatted with all the time, um, he killed his business partner right there in the store. And he then loaded the body into his vehicle and dumped it somewhere far away. Um, he was obviously like caught and went to jail and then new owners came in and bought the place, um, which is still in operation. And it's kind of weird just knowing these facts and, and having the ability to like go into the place where I know someone was murdered. Anyway, um, so yeah, I guess they're around us. They're all over. So let's continue from there. Um, here's some more fun facts. Uh, since 1980s, there are still 222,000 unsolved 
serial killer murders, murderers in the U.S. That's like a shit ton. <laughs> Way too many. Um, another one. Somewhere around 25 to 50 serial killers are active each year in the U.S. 25 to 50 right now as we speak are out there being all murdery and stuff. So that's not, that's not great. It's not great. Um, let's see. Yeah, so a serial killer has four types. There's four types of serial killers. Um, Mission-oriented, visionary, control-oriented, and hedonistic. So here's a little more into that fun fact. Um, uh, those who kill to fulfill a mission. These are those who want to rid the world of prostitutes or those curing societal ill. So they're like, they, they think they're heroes, you know, they're getting rid of, of the bad. It kind of reminds me of that show Dexter. If you haven't watched it, that's a good one. He was a serial killer who killed serial killers. Good stuff. Um, second, uh, those who are hedonistic, which I didn't actually know what that meant. Killers who just find pleasure from killing. Well, that makes sense. Uh, third, visionary murderers. These are killers who feel like they are called by the devil or God to do the deed. That's kind of like um, schizophrenic. I feel like the schizophrenic murderers probably are, are the visionaries. Um, and lastly, the control-hungry killers. That's pretty basic. You know, they just want to be totally in control. Control freaks, that's where that probably comes from. Um, and then, so, I know I'm, I'm just going right through these topics really fast. Um, this is going to be a quicker, hopefully quicker episode. Um, but let's get into this thought. So, I always wondered, when it comes to serial killers, you really don't, like, hear about that many anymore. And I wondered, like, how come, you know, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, there were so many serial killers uh, but now, like, you don't really hear about that. Like, there's not as many. Or, I mean, maybe there are. I don't know, and we just don't hear about them. Or, I'm not really sure. So, I'm, like, wondering, what is the reason for that gap in um, in our, our favorite serial killers? I mean, there's about a billion shows out there. Documentaries and reenactments and actors doing, you know, their the big time serial killers that everyone knows about um and it's such a popular topic true crime oh my gosh like everybody loves it I don't know what that says about us um in our our interests um anyway so more than 80 percent of known American serial killers operated between 1970 and 1999 um it's an era coined as the golden age of serial murder um, so I found that to be interesting, and then I wanted to know why. Um, so everything from sociological changes to biology, to technology, to linguistics, which, does that answer our question, really? Maybe a little. Um, 
but let's think about it. So over the 30 years, Americans who previously left their doors unlocked and would go about, you know, life hitch hitchhiking with, you know, random people and such, they were, you know, suddenly caught up with these serial killer predators. Um, like the cannibal killer or Jeffrey Dahmer, who he did much of his hunting during the 80s, or they, they did. Um, the happy face killer, a trucker who murdered at least eight women in the, in the early eight, 90s. Um, by the early 2000s, the serial killing stories seemed to like die off. So I'm wondering why. So maybe here's the why. Uh, serial killers generally develop the personality and compulsion <clears throat> befitting a killer when they're young. So <clears throat> by the time they're 14, they're basically fully formed. They generally start killing in their late 20s. I thought that was interesting too. I didn't know that. So now I'm like, you know, a little leery of 20-year-olds. Anyway... Or late 20s somethings. At least I'm older than that. So, like, we're good in this household. Um, <clears throat> looking back at what was happening in the world when murderers like John Wayne Gacy or Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy were growing up, they were all born during wartime. Okay, so wartime. We know war. That's hard. Um, in cases like the BTK killer or the torso killer, their fathers were returning war veterans with PTSD, which was not a diagnosable illness until the 80s. So these children who were already predisposed to have like, you know, the, the maybe psychopathic Thing we had talked about they were raised in a more violent home broken home um so but that does it okay we all know people who are abused early in life who don't turn out this way right like I think about that all the time so it's like so anyway but they may not have the genes that make them susceptible in the first place right so just because you're abused doesn't mean you're going to be a serial killer right we know that um, so it's not just the early environment by itself, and it's not just the gene alone. Um, it's the interaction of these two that predisposes you to these radical, aggressive, antisocial behaviors. So it's like a combination. That's why I say what our children are exposed to at a young, developing age can be a very important turning point. If they have a predisposition, will they be a good psychopath or a murderous one, like I mentioned before? Um, so, like, you know, maybe we don't know if our kid is the one that that has these issues. But either way, like, your the environment you choose to put them in and what they're surrounded by makes a difference, you know? You know. You do. Okay. Um... So I think technology is a big reason why maybe uh, these serial killers kind of slowed down. Maybe technology prevented some of that, um, certain types of crimes anyway. 
of course, like when Craigslist became a thing, then there was the Craigslist killer. So it might have made it easier even. So anyway, technology, which is preventing them from certain types of crimes, is now allowing them to pursue other types of crimes. You're not going to see Golden State Killer type of series where you have several cases because the technology is going to catch these guys sooner. And and if you and it reminds me of oh my gosh, I cannot think of what her name is. You know, the the young girl who was traveling with her boyfriend, it was all over the news, all over social media, and everybody was like out there with their cell phones or technology. You know, it's crazy. So they were all looking, I think her name was Gabby. Is that right? I don't know. You can't answer me. Um, but they were, everybody in the nation was looking for this young girl and like the boyfriend was all shady and it was so obvious and so crazy but like because of all of the people who are out there in the world in that area with cell phones who happen to have a video clip that you know contained a tiny image as they were passing by of this guy's van or whatever you know gave the investigation maybe more to go off of and where to search and so on and it's just crazy how it's crazy how everybody has you know this little tiny technology in their pocket but how it can be used um to like even solve a crime like that like back in the day would they have ever found her would he have been a free man probably you know stuff like that so um sorry I can't give you more details on that right off the top of my head because uh, I can't remember, I can't remember the details. Anyway, so fun fact, um, a 2019 study in which researchers studied 55 male serial killers and 55 female serial killers who committed their murders between 1856 and 2009 in the U.S. Um, the study found that men often act as hunters seeking out and killing strangers while women are gatherers killing those around them for gain i found that to be so interesting um it makes perfect sense because that's our natural instinct hunters and gatherers right um so that's pretty pretty cool pretty interesting not cool don't kill don't kill for any reason um, and I wanted to swing back around to um, what I talked about earlier um, when I had mentioned the McDonald triad and animal cruelty as a serial, a common serial killer uh, trait. I wanted to, to say what that was. Experts believe that the McDonald triad... Um, poses three specific behaviors in children which suggest a person may become violent as an adult. Um, these three things are bedwetting, fire starting, and childhood abuse towards animals. And then as soon as I read that first little sentence there, I realized I had heard of that, especially the abuse towards animals part. Um, you always kind of see that in the movies when they're trying to show you like, oh, this little kid is like a fucking weirdo, 
he's over here like being a dick to the animals or suddenly he's like you know caught in the woods with a dead animal um you're like yeah that kid's a psycho right you're like oh he's gonna kill people when he gets big um the belief is that these three traits display a lack of self-control a lack of empathy that's a big one two things which contribute to the makeup of homicidal adult as we've seen from many serial killers jeffrey dahmer edmund kemper john wayne gacy ted bundy the list goes on animal cruelty is a staple of their childhood arson and bedwetting is a little harder to clarify since many instances of this may have gone unrecorded um in recent years the mcdonald triad has become less associated with potential serial killers and more associated with parental abuse and psychological defects however this kind of upbringing can greatly attribute to the making of a serial killer oh with that said this was a lot of information and i just dumped it on you guys but i found it to be really interesting um i learned a few new things while doing this and then i i did look into um some other fun things like the different zodiac signs and serial killers because i wondered if there was a certain sign or a couple of signs that tend to uh have more serial killers you know it was curious um so i could read those off really quick as a little fun fact and maybe one episode will be completely dedicated to horoscopes in general and maybe we'll get back into serial killers and their horoscopes um because there's like a whole there's a whole bunch to say about it but okay anyway four signs four zodiac signs is what i'm talking about um they are cancer pisces sagittarius and scorpio they account for almost 40 percent of serial killers gemini and taurus combined account for only 11 percent so that was kind of cool i i like that little it think of the people you know in your life and then just apply it <laughs> just kidding nobody's killing it's fine we're good Killers born in the sign of Capricorn accounted for more victims total and on average than those in any other sign. If that's not the most interesting point of this whole episode, I don't know what is. So combined, they killed more than 800 people or 19 on average. The lowest average was for Virgo killers with only seven victims each so yeah capricorns they get their shit done man they don't fuck around if they're gonna do it they're gonna do it right that's what i just heard okay the water signs water signs cancer pisces and scorpio um accounted for the highest number of killers and victims in the analysis so 28 percent of killers and 27 percent of victims um super interesting because they're known to be like the more emotional uh signs the water signs um more emotional and whatnot so the most deadly sign is capricorn and the least deadly sign is taurus and i just have to throw this out there all of my ex-boyfriends were capricorn and now my husband is taurus so i think i made some good choices right 
Anyway, let's sum it up, wrap it up, and I'll be back with another episode probably next week because I think I might burn out doing so many in a row. But this has been so much fun. I'm working on getting some people to do some interviews with me if anybody will come through. And if you're interested in doing an interview, I feel like it would be so much fun to have a real human person to talk to instead of just myself. I've put my dogs to sleep. They are currently sleeping because they like the sound of my voice. Anyway, um, so next time, I'm not going to give away what I'll cover next time, but um, thanks for tuning in. And let's see. Um, so if you're a psychopath, try to be a good one, a nice one. Um, don't kill us, you know, just, just go to therapy, do some yoga, you know, it's always better to talk it out instead of murder it out, so don't do that, um, and what else do we cover, uh, stay away from Capricorns, especially males, they're all bad, um, just kidding, guys, just kidding, and then, um, I'm an impulsive, uh, hobby hoarder, so we covered that. And serial killer traits. Tell me your serial killer traits. Just message me. I want to know what they are. And if you don't know, ask people in your life. Like, I just remembered one suddenly that someone had pointed out to me that I didn't realize that I did. So let's close with that. Um, when I eat cereal specifically, but sometimes soup and other types of things that require me to use a spoon and while I'm eating, I take a bite or whatever you know, I use my spoon and then I like do this weird thing where it looks like I'm shaking the spoon off even though there's nothing on it. And I do it like every time when I don't pay attention. But then when I do pay attention, um, it like it messes my brain up and I like forget how to eat. So then I'm just focusing on the spoon action and I get anxiety. So maybe the next episode will be about anxiety and things like that. I don't know. But hey, guys, stay away from the red flags that we've gone over. Um, try to not have friends who are serial killers. Okay, love you. Bye.